Well, you know, it's just like the second time I went to Coney Island. I'm walking along, and they have a batting cage there. One of these cages where you put a quarter in the slot, and this pitching machine pitches ten balls at you. And you stand up old Warren Louisville Slugger. Have you seen that thing? And you swing away at it, ten of them. And you can pick the kind of pitch you want. And you can set the meter. And there's one that says, slow lobber. And just throws a lob ball. You know, the kind of fat guys playing the skinny guys at the picnic. This kind of a ball. And then there's an underhand pitch by a left-hander. Slow, easy, comes in right over the plate. But it's not quite a lobber. You can set it all the way on up to Carl Hubble-type fastball. Ryan Dern dusts you off. And, and I, I'm standing, I'm telling you an exact story. This is, the, this is truly what happened. I'm not embellishing this one bit. I want to see somebody, because I don't have the guts to step up to the plate. But be that as it may, I'm walking along there, you see, and I see this batting cage. Now, this is a thing that has a deep primeval interest to all men. It's, it's, in a sense, is a synthesis of life, which is a challenge, of course. Some machine off there in the darkness throwing fastballs down over the inside corner of the plate. And we'd better swing, boy. You don't get another one. And, and it is. It's a synthesis. You put it. Everybody starts out with the same thing. Quarter in a slot. Throw it in there. You put a quarter in the slot. You start out. Everybody starts out the same. Mike Todd, guys living in the Bronx, other guys who learn how to be airplane pilots, guys who play second base for the do Everybody starts out with the same quarter, see? And I'm, I'm walking along that street in Coney Island. By the way, I'd like to recommend this. If you ever go to Coney Island, go to Coney Island on the days when Coney Island really isn't working. Uh, the kind of off days, like at the end of the season or before the season really begins. Then you, in a sense, get much more of a clear picture of what mankind is up to when he creates these vast seaside Babylonian Bacchanal centers. And I'm walking along, and I see this batting cage over there. Now, for those of you who don't know what it is, a batting cage in the Coney Island sense is a cage. It's a big cage. And down at the other end of the cage, let's say the nether end of the cage, there's a big green curtain. And this green curtain says, home run. Or it says, pop up, out, strike out, that kind of thing. You see, wherever you hit the ball and you drive it up against that green curtain tells what kind of hit you got or what kind of out you made. And next to the home plate, there is a home plate down at our end of the cage. Next to the home plate is a rack that has maybe 25 terrible old clubs. They're not even bats, they're clubs, which is incidentally also, I believe, very symbolic of our life. <laughs> so he picks up, the customer picks up one of these clubs, he pays his quarter, puts it in the slot, and sets the machine down at the other end, down there by that green curtain down there is a machine that throws baseballs at you. This is true. You know, this machine does this. And this machine throws baseballs at you, and you can set a dial to determine what kind of balls you want thrown at you. Now, if you were to pick the kind of curveballs you want thrown at you in life, what kind would you pick? I mean, what kind do you hit the best? I mean, assuming that there is an element of chance in everybody's life, no matter how it's worked, what kind of curveballs would you want thrown at you? Well, let me tell you what happens. Generally speaking, you figured that you'd put in the quarter and you'd set the machine to throw these little looping balls that are thrown at you at the skinny guy, fat guy picnic softball game, you know? But the actual secret of it is when you're faced with it, you don't. You really don't. 
because every man secretly likes to think that he is a Viking, standing at the prow of this ship, about to meet the biggest dragon in the Western Hemisphere, and he's going to deal with him as best he can with a very small but very agile, very wiry lance. And so here I'm standing there waiting for some guy to come along, and it's one of those vaguely watery Saturday afternoons late in the season. After the last Ferris wheel rider has sort of disappeared in the distance and the last kid with the Nathan hot dog has disappeared, Coney Island is slowing up, and it's it's the beginnings of October or November or something. There's a little cold air in it. And along comes a little guy. It's a true thing, and I'll, I'll remember this to the dying day. And I'm standing there watching this, and I my mind goes back immediately to this little short fat man who somehow got himself involved with Coney Island on a Saturday afternoon. And so he's working his way down towards the sea, and I'm standing across the street waiting to see who's going to play this batting cage thing. And he stops and he looks in. He looks around and he notes that there are hardly anyone hardly anyone on the street who can get away with it this time. And by the way, I think most of us, if we were given the choice, would play out our lives in absolute privacy so that no one suspects what we're doing. And this is all connected with the concept of original sin. And so <laughs> he's standing there looking the business over, reaches in his pocket and pulls out a quarter. And he pops inside the cage, throws his quarter in the slot, and looks back at the rack and picks himself out a bat, one of these great big worn clubs with tape on the handle. And it is interesting to note that he picked one of the largest bats in the rack, this little short, round man who had long since passed, had gone past the 45-year milepost long before. He picks up one of these tape bats and steps up to the plate. I couldn't see how he had set the machine. And I figured, you know, naturally, I figured he's going to get this little lobbing ball that flies out from the fat man and the skinny man pitcher there. And the next thing I knew, this machine had let one go. You see, you set the meter, and the end meter all the way over at the end says, Carl Hubble, Bob Feller. That's nothing but a fast straight ball right over the outside corner of the plate, waist high. And he sets this thing and it goes, like that. It went past him like a shot. And his bat just moved slightly. He steps up to the plate, kicks the dirt a little bit. He's waiting for the next one. I figured he's going to set the machine again, you know. He's waiting for the next one. He chokes up a little bit on the bat and hunches down over the plate. And you hear the machine going, and it goes into the into the catcher's mitt back of it. They had a big concrete catcher's mitt. And he looks down, steps back out of the box, and hitches up his pants. That's two strikes. Steps back into the box, and this time he chokes up on the bat a little more, hunches over, and I can see all of his old kid baseball playing is coming into the picture again. This time he's kicking the dirt a little bit and hunching his left shoulder down. This time, he keeps the bat sort of half over the plate, you know, hunched like Eddie Stanky used to. Eddie Stanky was not a naturally good batter. He just kept the bat hanging out over the plate all the time. And if the ball hit it, well, he was off, you see. That's that's the way he batted. And this is the way he the guy's hunched down over there. And, and I can see this guy's been playing life like this all the time. And, and he just ticked it, a foul tip that skitters off to the left of the plate and into the screen. <laughs> Steps back, he got a piece of it that time. He's got seven more coming now. You get ten balls for a quarter. 
and suddenly the machine wound up and threw him a change of pace. A small, easy, looping inside curveball, and he missed it. He swung like that, and he stepped back and protested the decision. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful drama of man's inability to cope with his own ambitions. Speaking of ambitions and the inability to cope, this is WOR AM and FM New York. We'll be here until 2 o'clock this afternoon.